it, it's summer movie season, honey, and of course everyone likes to go to the movies and yes. all, all those action movies and you know drama, the, the you know the exciting shoot 'em up, punch 'em out. There's a number of those on our list that I do want to go see this summer. So right. will you be going with me to those movies? You know the answer to that question. And the answer to that question is a big fat no. Because what? we decided many, many years ago, this summer will be 29 years of sure. marriage. Yes. We've known each other for about 32. Sure, yes. And Barrett knows that if he takes me to any of those actions, shoot him up, kidnap people, all that kind of stuff. That are awesome. That are absolutely awesome to him. It's not going to make me want to go home and do fun things that you want to do after the dinner in the movie. And so, therefore, we go to good movies like yesterday. That that was a good movie. So happy and uplifting, and nobody gets shot, killed, and kidnapped. That if I want to connect with the heart of my wife and have tender moments later on, that we've got to go see Nicholas Sparks or some tender drama that's something special. Because I'm so stinking sensitive, (laughs) and I have to tell myself, this is just a movie. This is just a movie. But I can't get out of my head, and I have to really guard my heart, even though I'm an old lady. Yeah. So I've learned that we have to choose movies wisely. That's no problem. If you want action, (laughs) if you want real action. at home. If I want action, Behind closed I can't doors. go to an action movie. That exactly. Is, that is brilliant. Good Don't call, forget honey. that wonderful marriage tip, everybody. There you go. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Imperfect Normal Families Only Podcast. This is our 12th episode, I believe, and so we're glad you've joined us. It's summertime, and it's hot outside, and there are some fun movies to watch. We did see yesterday, uh, a week ago, and that was really a good flick. If you like Beatles movie music, but who doesn't like Beatles music? And Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran's pretty cool too, but he comes off kind of as a, he's kind of self-effacing in that movie. Yeah. It's kind of fun. I enjoy it, but uh, we're glad you joined us. We've uh, tried to do this weekly, but we've kind of been slower in that in the summer, but yeah, that's okay. Yeah, forgive us. The summer But has we want to knock this out, maybe a two-parter, maybe some now and some for next week, because yeah. uh, we're going on vacation next week. Yeah. Actually, here's the deal. Our daughter's going to camp with the church, which we love. Camp's a great thing for our kids to go to. But it's kind of nice because our daughter goes to camp for four or five days and mom and dad can take off and go on a vacation together for four or five days. And this is our fifth child that we're speaking about. That's correct. If we had not adopted, we would have almost an empty nest and That's not right. have to worry about that anymore. But we have an 11-year-old and every time we speak, we have to ask our older kids to keep her, which makes us not want to ask them to keep her when we want to just do fun things. A frivolous so vacation is for us. One week out of the whole entire year, we don't have to seek childcare for our youngest, and we so, get to be by ourselves. So, so we are praying that God works in the life of our daughter. At yes, camp, but but we're also praying for nice weather on the beach for you. Yes, very nice getaway. Yes, so. yes. Looking yes. forward to getting away with you. I don't care if you, it honey. rains, just as long as I'm with you. There we go, and we'll watch some action movies. No, we won't actually. <laughs> no, never mind. So uh, again, you always wonder if what's the vibe of this podcast. If you're a new listener, we found this clip by Tim Hawkins, a comedian we like, that captures kind of the vibe of what imperfect and normal families are all about. And so maybe you can relate to this uh, observation by Tim and his kids. Because, you know, we all love our kids the same. <laughs> um, we do. We just don't all like them the same. You know what I'm... Don't you judge me, parents. You know what I'm talking about. Like, I love you. I just don't like that one right now. I don't care if he's two. So this is a place we won't judge parents if you've ever had that emotion. <laughs> right. Of, I love my kids the same, but exactly. just during this little window of time, I don't like yes. that one very much. Yep. You don't have to volunteer who that is, <laughs> but in your own mind, if you have that thought, this is a yeah. safe place for you. Yes. Okay. None of us have this all perfectly. I don't know. We're not perfect parents. And sometimes our kids drive us pee picking nuts. That's true. It's, it's very true. 
Well, today on the podcast, our major theme we're going to get into in just a little bit. Uh, you saw the title probably when you clicked this link. Uh, the title is How to Know the uh, 10 Ways to Find the Seven Keys to the Five Secrets to Being a Successful Parent, Husband, or Wife in Three <laughs> Easy Steps. And so that's kind of a I loaded title. I love it. We're so smart. We yeah, know everything. It is going to be awesome. We're going to give you some some key things that will make you the most incredible, awesome, no uh, no fail uh, <laughs> solutions for being awesome in your family life. So hang on for that in our main theme. It's going to be very, very interesting. But I guarantee... Everybody who really knows us well, is but I guarantee chuckling is, right now. In a serious way, that goofy title, there's some uh, parents and families and marriages and people whose lives are going to be transformed today because of listening to what we got to say. So stick around for our main event topic. But before we get, let's talk about what's in the news. All right, so in the news this last week, a story published in the USA Today on June 28th was the headline, Caught Your Teen Sexting? Don't Freak Out, Experts Say. Study Found It Can Be Healthy. And so some researchers, Jen, Mm. I blogged on this last week, some researchers that uh, did a paper and published it in a uh, what's called the Lancet Child and Adolescent Health Journal, uh, just concluded in some studies that Uh, teenagers, mature teenagers, older teenagers Uh, that participate in consensual texting. It's not coerced, not forced. You voluntarily do it to your voluntarily uh, high school age boyfriend uh, or girlfriend in a committed relate quote in a committed partnership might be indicative of a healthy exploration. I I just, I just, I can't even wrap my mind around this because it's good. Yeah, I know. And it's not, and, you know, we're always giving adolescents and college students and kids um, info on how when you go to get a job, I mean, if they really want to explore your background, they might just find too much. If that's so healthy, how's that going to help them in well, it's, their it's interesting, the study they said that digital a, footprint well, there's life? There's a difference between consensual texting where, hey, I'm voluntary or coerced, which is very, very common. I know. But, but here's still. my thought, though. Still, when when a, even a mature teenager, let's let's if, if there is such a thing, a mature 17, 18 year old in a committed relationship at 17, which, again, I think is in most cases pretty silly as well. Let's say you do some voluntarily. This these researchers are saying that's a sign of health in the relationship, but still that relationship can go south. And who knows what an immature teenager will do with those pictures that are now out there in the digital footprint world. I'm so freaking shocked out of my mind well, over this one. Well, here's the contradiction, though. Even in the study, they said that you know texting sexting is still a bad deal for younger people, and it says the research uh, that that they gave, even the, the researchers who say it was a positive for whatever reason, say it's positive. I just don't get it. They said that most concerning was that sexting teenagers were, uh, number one, more than three to five times more likely to have be sexually active. They were more than five times more likely to have multiple sexual partners, and they were half as likely to use contraception. So the kids that are doing this are already careless in their Gosh. sexual behaviors, and they're just kind of mm. throwing it around there. And so it mm. just shows, this. The, the reason we're bringing this article up, it just shows that the world is just gone crazy <laughs> nuts bonkers. It's just, there's no rules anymore. There's no... Uh, acceptable standard of behavior that's a wise target to aim for when the 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 bar keeps on being moved in this way. I can't from, imagine it's okay. like just things like okay, so you do this with several partners, then you find the person you want to spend the rest of your yeah. life with. Maybe since nobody really cares about marriage, 
Um, and you have to explain to them, well, I had these really serious relationships where we sexted each other every day. And they day. have some pictures on me. Would you like to see the pictures that this guy owns and this guy owns? And Here's what I sent to him. And here's the ones I'm going to send to you. I mean. Well, so be aware of that. Anyway. And talk about it, your kids. This is, again, one more thing that we have to keep on talking about with our kiddos. Yeah. That this is a bad behavior and not wise. Because again, they say one in four teens have sexted now. So it's it's out there. It's happening yeah. more often than and we think. And if your kid does it, please don't fall apart. Yeah, that's one Please don't freak out. Well, what's that I quote mean, that we in the article. It was. Um, it just is not the end of the world, but it just needs to be talked about. Um, yeah, the article, the writer said first, if you're a parent and you find a text on your kid's phone, don't freak out. It doesn't mean your kid is bad or a deviant. And that's true. Let's let's we're not going to blanket statement, but there are some wise behaviors and unwise behaviors. So if you freak out, it'll push you further underground. Yeah. Have a meaningful conversation, which this these researchers are advocating for. So again, on on that point, kudos to them. But no, not really. Well, but they're, they're, they're <laughs> I'm not giving them any kudos, Barrett. <laughs> okay. Let's just move along. Very good. All right, let's talk about our, we do this every week, Jen, our uh, featured imperfect and normal family of the week. Yes. So for our Imperfect Normal Family of the Week, we do have our sister-in-law, or my sister-in-law, Jennifer's sister with us again. Julie, thanks for joining us again. Yeah, yeah. Just a moment. You did have a great little story to tell, and I just think it's worth featuring your family story of your kids as y'all have traveled the world and, yeah. and seen the world. What, what, what was the clearest experience of when, you're, when foreigners saw your four awesome kids they were generally impressed, weren't they? Yeah, we had a lot of people tell us getting off a flight, I was going to have my seat moved when I saw that I was sitting next to four kids, but wow, I never heard a peep out of them. And one day we were taking a trip on a tour bus from Athens, Greece to Delphi or Delphi. It's Delphi. I've been there many times. Okay. (laughs) To see where the Oracle of Delphi or Delphi used to be. So we're on a tour bus and midday we stop at a restaurant and I'm in the bathroom washing my hands and this Australian woman corners me in the bathroom and says, I want to know what your secret is. I've been watching you and your kids, and I cannot believe how well behaved they are. What is your secret? And I really felt caught off guard. And I sort of fumbled around and gave a lame answer because we homeschool, which is not the reason it's because of Jesus Christ. But I said, well, we, we, we homeschool. And uh, yeah. And so I just felt like I totally fumbled, went back to the lunch table. We went to Delphi on our way back late at night. We're on the tour bus back to Athens, and the tour guide kept on talking up the ice cream machine at our next rest stop, and our kids were so excited. They were also so exhausted. We get there. The ice cream machine is broken, and they are crestfallen, so I'm trying to save the moment, and say, I say to the kids, you, everybody can get a treat. Get a candy. Get something. Well, my husband had not seen that interchange, <laughs> and we're not on the same page. He comes out of the bathroom, sees the kids with hands full of candy, and says, who said you could get candy? We're not buying candy. It's late at night. And then the kids burst into tears like the family dog died. I mean, weeping. And then, and Kevin and I are having a tense moment. I said they could get candy. Well, I didn't know that and blah, blah, blah. And we're having all this meltdown right outside the tour bus. And we get on the tour bus. And I just thought, I'm so glad that lady doesn't know I'm a Christian. (laughs) I'm 
glad I I wanted to go up to her and say, "So, you want to know my secret now?" <laughs> <laughs> These but, kids are not perfect, in fact. They, yeah, it's just a great example of how they make you so proud one moment, and the next moment you're like, "I don't know those kids." What? Kate, raising kids, killing my golf game, where I'll I'll hit a couple shots, and I'll think I'm the greatest <laughs> golfer that ever lived. I should join the pro tour. And then a few shots later, I am I have no right. idea what I'm doing. If they're in the club in the lake. Well, there you go. It's a great story. Thanks for keeping it real for us, Julie. Yeah. Hey, let's move into our featured topic of the week. All right. So, Jen, our, our title is this long, long title for our topic today. How to know the 10 ways to find the seven keys, to the five secrets to being a successful parent, husband, and or wife in three easy steps. And that's just wacky crazy. Yeah. We, we apologize if you feel um, like we tricked you. But like I said, if you knew us and you heard that, you would chuckle to yourself because the number one thing you hear from us is we have no idea what we're doing. Yeah. Y'all don't have an idea what you're doing. We're all in this together. We're all learning and we're all facing these challenges together. But but when when we do blogs and we, we write things and even in books these days, we, we've kind of simplified things so much for Very, today's audiences. Yes. This is even the title of a, a blog post I did five or six years ago. And it was really rooted in the fact that nobody reads long things anymore. And we want a simple checklist. Yeah, we and, really and, do. And I call myself the queen of the box checkers yeah. because I love to make lists and I love to check the boxes off. And yeah. It just makes me feel so good about myself. All right. So if there's not 10 ways or seven keys or five steps, there's not a checklist for how to be an awesome parent, mm-hmm. how to be an awesome husband or wife. What we want to give you today is something a little bit more substantive. And this is what, we, what we're going to talk about today really comes up in most of the time we lead marriage and family and parenting events is we, we teach principles, we teach practical things to do. There's, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of good lists out there. We encourage you to find them. They're, they're great ways to start. We'll even give you some of that today. But what we really want to talk about today is not so much, here's the 17 things you can do to be awesome, but as a person, as a parent, mm-hmm. as a married person, if you want to be successful, if you want to uh, feel like you're doing the right things for the right reasons. If you want to uh, have a sense that what you're doing has got purpose and meaning and you know how to navigate the daily challenges you're going to face, here's what you got to have more than any checklist. You've got to have a discernment of and an awareness of the voice of God in your life. There is a God who has a voice and he wants to speak to you and he wants to lead you as you do married life, as you do. Because I, 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 I confess, I Left my own devices. Jen, you've been married for 29 years. You know this is true. Left my own devices or my own strengths or my own flesh. I, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. You said this a minute ago. I am uh, needy. I am yeah. desperate. Yep. And so what I desperately need more than anything else is kind of that face flat on the ground. God, help me. God, show me. God, lead me in what to do. And the good news today is that there is a God who wants to give us guidance in what to do as we parent mm-hmm. our kids as we are, stay married. Well, and this is a shout out to a precious young woman that I had lunch with this week who lives in South Georgia, and her name is Lindsay. So it's not my Lindsay, but it's one of my other Lindsays that I love very deeply. And we had lunch together while she was in town, and she had a four-month-old baby, and I will never forget her walking away from me and us saying goodbye and her saying, Jennifer, the most important thing that you've ever taught me is to hear for the voice of God, to listen for the voice of God. And I knew that's what we were going to be podcasting about, and it was just like affirmation from God. God does speak. God does affirm. God uses people. God uses timing. God just does such 
intimate, amazing things. But I love that that's what Lindsay remembers from all of my teaching and all the discipling I put her through as a young, um, newlywed girl here in Atlanta. But anytime, like Barrett was saying, you hear us speak, we are always going to speak on this. And if someone asked us, what's the one? Oh, yeah. Three minutes. What's the one? lesson you'd give me for being awesome oh, in my man. family. It's, I would just give you a quick testimony of how God has has guided me and spoken to me and showed me what to do in a million situations. I'd pick some of the top two maybe. Yeah. But we're going to take two weeks, we think, to maybe podcast one next one. about yeah. um, the voice of God. So so someone's listening right now, Jen, and they're thinking, uh, all right, what, why this topic or what's so important with this? Probably most folks listening to us do have a faith background. You're you're involved in a church. You call yourself a Christian. We, we kind of that's who we are and how we operate. But when you start talking about the voice of God and God leading us, sometimes folks get a little freaked out. They start kind of going, "Oh, what's this crazy? Right. You know, witch doctor stuff you're describing here?" But what we want to make an argument for today is there is a God, and He is a relational God. And yes. He does want to speak to us, and He wants to lead us in our day to day decisions. Uh, and there's some principles for how to do that, and, and they're found in the scripture. So we're going to be very scriptural today. Yes. So um, let's talk about Jen first of all. This relational God that we know and that we worship. For so many years of my life, I didn't even know that He spoke. I knew He could speak to you through the Word of God, but the Word of God wasn't always easy for me to understand when I was younger and stuff. And I just feel like I grew up in church settings where I wasn't taught that hearing the voice of God was a real and true thing. Um, But then when I learned that, it made such sense because you can't have any kind of relationship, much less one with God, if you're just doing all the talking. You and I would have a terrible marriage. If you're on the phone with somebody and you're talking on the phone and all you're doing is talking and you don't hear any response or any feedback or any yes or here's my thought on that, after a while you start wondering, is are, are you there? Yeah. Is anybody there? And and probably all of us have had moments in our lives where we've kind of wondered, God, are you there? One of the scriptures that I want to share of many today is going to be 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. And I'm going to read you the NIV says, He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And then I love the message. Um, and this is what it says. And, and I... Um, I'm even holding a Bible, just in case you're interested, that has NIV and then the message right next to each other. So I love having this Bible when I'm studying. But um, 1 Corinthians 7 through 9 in the message says, just think. You don't need a thing. You've got it all. All God's gifts are right in front of you as you wait expectantly for our Master Jesus to arrive on the scene for the finale. And not only that, but God himself is right alongside to keep you steady and on track until things are wrapped up by Jesus. God, who got you started in this spiritual adventure, shares with us the life of his son and our master Jesus. He will never give up on you. Never forget that. And so God is there having a two-way conversation and relationship with us if we only realize it and we're waiting on him and we're looking to him expectantly for answers and we're talking to him just like he's a friend sitting right next to me. The way that I explain the way that 
I want my relationship with God to look like is if God walked in my front door or God walked into a setting where Barrett and I are teaching. This picture is Jesus where he's and physical Jesus bodily form. And Jesus comes in and bodily form like he did yeah. when he lived here on earth and walks in the room. I immediately run up to him and go, okay, so what do you think? Because you've been talking like, to him. Because yes, like that day I've been asking him about one of my kids or I've been asking him something about teaching his word and I've been asking him a question. And so when he walks in the door, I'm so excited. I get to run to him and hug him and say, so what do you think? What do you think? Whereas before I knew he spoke and wanted to have this type of intimate relationship with me, I think I would have been hiding underneath whatever I could hide yeah, under. Yeah. I would be there's shuddering. There's a moment of worship and there's a moment of, there's obviously that sense of awe. Definitely. But there's also a sense of intimacy and a closeness. A sense of, I can't wait to hear what you have to say back to me. I'm waiting on you and I'm not going to ever give up on you giving me the answer and you guiding me. Well, we, we, we have to see God as a relational God. He, he is, I think many times we get God as an informational God. The more we know about Jesus, the more we know about the Bible, the more we know informationally somehow equates to a uh, maturity in your Christian life. But I know many, many Christians who know a lot of stuff, but you don't see a trained, transformed heart and life in their mind and body. Yeah. It's, it's not what spills out of them naturally. They're not... Uh, folks that you can tell have been with Jesus. And a lot of stuff we're sharing today comes from a, a mentor of ours, our friend Tina Goble, who runs Prayer Care. She kind of taught us this 20 years ago, and we've kind of lived and breathed in this world since then. Yeah. Because there is a God who wants to know us. When, when we do marriage prep, one of the things I teach about knowing the voice of God and hearing Him and walking it out in your marriage with God, I, I put them on the board and I make everyone write it down. I say, this is the most amazing reality you could possibly know. And mm-hmm. here's what it is. Mm-hmm. The God of the universe has invited you to know him personally. Mm-hmm. It's, he's a personal God. He's an yeah. intimate God who wants to be close to us. He wants to draw close. He wants to speak to us. And he has a voice. He wants to use his voice. Yeah. And, and so whether we're teaching premarital prep and those kids are about to get married and we're telling them, look, your spouse is never going to fulfill your every want and desire and need. God is all the way to, I don't know, people our age that we're teaching marriage principles to. Um, I always want people to say, those Johnsons, they always talked about how we need to be talking to God and we need to be listening back. And I love when Christ goes to heaven and he says, I leave behind the Holy Spirit. And what I love about that pa- that passage is he says, who will remind you of all things? And it's like, well, if you don't read the Bible and you don't study the word and you don't um, fellowship with other believers, then when it comes time for God to help you and to remind you of his teaching and his word, you're going to be lost, you know? So you've got to know his word and be in his word. And I can't tell you how many times things have happened to me and the word comes to me directly. And let me tell you, I don't have it memorized. I don't have it ever memorized word for word. I never sometimes even know where it is and I have to go look it up in the Bible. But the words will drop into my brain. Um, Jennifer, I did not give you a spirit of fear, but of sound mind. Mm. That's something he has spoken to me. It comes from his word and he speaks it over you. And I had to go look it up and it's in 1st Timothy or 2nd Timothy. I can't even remember now, but I should know that. (laughs) Um, But anyway, he just drops his word in my heart, in my mind, and there's my answer. And there's how I deal with what's in front of me. Right now, I know there's skeptics listening to this going, okay, so God's speaking. That seems a little, again, uh, overly charismatic or whatever else. But... I just want to remind 
those who love the Bible and love the Word, that, that God in His Word, we see over and over and over again, Him speaking to those who He's leading and those who He's loving. We, we see right. that. We God, I mean, just in your mind, just make yourself a short list. We can do it all mm-hmm. day long. Everybody can do this, making a list of who, who did God speak to in the Bible? Well, you see yeah. Adam, you see Moses, you see Jacob, you see Joshua, you see... Um, I always think of, I want to be Samuel, where I'm like, is that Samuel, you, Lord? You see, you see Paul, you? you see all these Old Testament, New Testament people that... God interacted with spiritually and supernaturally with to speak to. And I love this quote by Charles Spurgeon. Spurgeon said, whatever is prominent in the word of God should be conspicuous in our lives. Mm-hmm. In other words, if you see something prominently in the word of God, it should right. show up in our lives. If we see prominently a God having a voice and leading people he loves, that should be evident in our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it should be a normative for us. I love the example of Martha and Mary, and yep. I always want to be Mary, but I'm sure. most of the time more like Martha. Yep. But Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. And, and, and Jesus said, you have chosen what is better. Yeah. Can, can we talk fundamentally about this, though? Because everyone out there in the world, even celebrities that you see in Hollywood or award shows that they thank God, everyone wants to be spiritual. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to have a, some kind of a faith, not everyone, people want to have a faith system. But too many times, I think, Jen, people want to have it on their own terms. Right. right? Like, I can make God in my own image, and right. I can, this is how God's going to be, when God has made it very, very clear how we relate to him. So... Fundamental, let's go back to this reality. Um, if we want to know God, we want to hear from God, it can't just be, well, I, I want to know God and God will speak to me. And it starts with God saying, here's how you relate to me. And so right. if we go back there every beginning, God designed us for fellowship. Put Adam and Eve back in the garden and look at them walking with God in the cool of the day and sharing a relationship with God. But then we have something got in the way and right. our, our sin creates a division between humanity and God. Adam, Adam and Eve happens to you and I and everybody listening to this, every mm-hmm. person that's ever been born. Our, our sin this brokenness that, that separates us from God, if, if we're still walking in sin, if we're still living in sin, it's it's this fellowship, this interaction we're talking about, I, I don't think is really available to people who are far away from God. Now, right. we can hear God calling us to respond to Him and to he's turn from our sin. He's always wooing us. That's I mean, a great he, way of putting it. He's always wooing us, and He is a gentleman, and He doesn't force Himself on right. us. So we have to say... Lord, I want you to be yes. my Lord and Savior, yes. and I want to listen to your direction. Yeah. I want to seek your word. When, I want to read your when word. When we make that decision of our will right. to say, I'm turning my own flesh, my own being in control of my life, God, to giving you control of my life, on your terms, through the gospel, we see that outlined in the New Testament, uh, th- then we see a transformation in our hearts that makes us in a relationship with God, that, that our sin is no longer a barrier or a hindrance to us being able to be close to God. Uh, we're, we're made right with him, and suddenly we're reconciled as friends. Right. When we do that, when we make that choice and make that decision, suddenly we're new creations in him, and what we're talking about today becomes available. So I guess maybe my sermonette of the day is, if you want to know God's voice, and you want to draw close to him, you want to know him relationally, what we're talking about, so you can be a better husband or a wife or, or a parent, it starts with coming to God on his terms. Mm-hmm. There's a great little tool that I love, Jen. We'll provide a link to it at the bottom of this. A way that kind of just in three or four minutes uh, describes what it means to come into a relationship with God on his terms through the gospel. It's called uh, the three circles. And so we'll provide a link to that at the bottom. If you don't know what we're talking about here, go back and watch that little YouTube video because it articulates very simply and clearly what it means to be in a relationship with God and how to walk with him and begin to hear his voice and be restored to his design. One of my favorite verses that kind of summarizes this topic is from the words of Jesus. It's in red in your Bible in John 10, 27, where Jesus is talking about being the good shepherd and caring for his sheep. And he says this, he says, my sheep hear my voice. 
So if we are God's sheep, which you are, if you're a follower of Jesus, he says, my sheep hear my voice. And he leads us with our voice. You want to know what the will of God is? It's not through, give me this big grand plan for my life. It's day by day, mm-hmm. walking in and out. God, lead me day by day to do the right things you have for me. And so that's critical in all of that. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be not a one-way conversation. It's, right. Our prayer is, I'm so one-way, Jen. You know, it's... I'm praying, well, I'm praying, I'm praying. He's a vending machine. And I'm like, Great. I need yeah. help with the house that I want to buy right now. I need help with which school I should send my kid to next season. And those um, are important things, but then yeah, we got to shut up and listen. we only ask him for the big things that we think yep. are really important and we compartmentalize him. This is one of my favorite quotes from my mentor, Tina Goebel's book. It's a uh, book's called I Can Only Imagine. And it just, and she's about to revamp it, by the way. So there's a new version coming out soon. But what's it? What did she say in that? Um, it says this, this is the reason why a lot of people don't pray. They do, are doing all the talking. Yeah. Prayer was never intended to be a monologue. It's a dialogue, a dialogue between two people who love each other deeply and are enjoying each other's company. They are fellowshipping. And in that fellowship, they discuss the events and issues that are relative to both of them. It's conversational. It's interactive. It works this way even on an earthly level. We usually have fellowship with someone because we have something in common with them, you know? You know what comes to my mind even right now? We didn't even plan to say this, but as I read this, you know, one of our precious friends lost her husband last week. And he was young, like 61. And I just think, what if that was my husband? I only have 10 more years with him. I know that that woman is going to be okay because Jesus Christ is her everything. And I know she will start entering into intimacy with Jesus, with her husband in heaven, that she has never felt in her life before. I have heard that testimony from so many widows and widowers. Um, And that's what I know that makes me not fear losing you. I know that Jesus will come so near to me, even more near than he is to me now. But Gosh, I just want people to understand he is not this um, uh, God full of rules and, and he, it makes it hard for you to come to him. Or distance just, or... He is so intimate. And that's the, that's the benefit of the cross. The cross and forgiveness and grace restores us to a right relationship with God so we can come boldly to the throne. Yes. We can we can draw close to him. He's our daddy. We well, treat and him I like love our daddy. it because he already knows my heart anyway. Yeah. So I don't have to worry about how I'm going to say something. That's great. And there's so many... Th- you don't have to get the words... That's so good, no, Jen. You don't have to get the never, words right ever, and pray in the right way because he no. already knows your thoughts. He knows your struggles. I don't struggles. have to sit here and concoct my prayer. That's great. Again, I want him to be like, I'm. you know, if he was to walk through the door, we would just pick up where we left off. And please know I am not being irreverent or no, disrespectful no, when yeah. I say that, but just close to him. Well, the Bible says pray without ceasing. We should be able to, through the course of our day, be talking to God in a constant dialogue, knowing that he is there. He is close. And that's but, our problem, But I think. we have felt like it's another box to check off yep. a daily devotion. Which would hope our prayers reach up to God when the fact is he is close. The Holy Spirit, like you read a minute ago, the Holy Spirit is close to us. He leaves us a comforter. He's there with us. We just have to remember that and operate in our lives aware of the fact that God is right there with you. Jen, if, if we had, living your daily life, if if you were if you had Jesus physically right there beside you day in day out he mm-hmm. he slept on a bed a twin bed beside us in our bed and he right. rode in the car with you go and I mean if he was always right there with you in physical bodily form would it change the way we lived our lives mm-hmm. it, it does it would change, change everything the way I live my well, life. it would if he was physically there but we've yeah. got to remember as followers of Christ who the he Holy is. Spirit is here he is with us yes and he wants to guide us and lead us there's something we talked about earlier Jen that I'll, we'll come we'll discuss now but we we had discussed how. We kind of believe that the, the enemy has a voice. 
Well, you know, we have, I've been teaching this stuff for years and years and years now. And I remember we had someone, um, I was doing this type of study with a bunch of young moms, um, and one of the husbands really was kind of upset with us. They thought this is with heresy me, somehow. Not us, with we were... me. He was one of those people who believes only the word of God. Well, the, the word of God is speaks. the only... God has become silent. The word of God is where we get mm-hmm. God's word from, that period. Which we... Which, let's make clear which here. we agree with. We agree with, like, yeah. 100%, except... There is the Holy Spirit that lives inside of yes. us. We are his temple yes. and we are he's here yeah. within us and with us. And it made me so upset in the way that I just ended that confrontation was, do you believe that Satan speaks? And he said, yeah, because listen to me, you can go do prison ministry and you can ask separately away from one another, man or woman after woman after man in the prison system. How how did you end up killing somebody? Yeah. How did you end up shooting um, people yeah. in a school? Whatever. They will say there was this voice yeah. telling me to do it. Also say that voice left me when the jail yes. door shut, yeah. which blows my ever-living that, mind. So if Satan speaks... Yeah. But let's get it more simple though, baby. How about the average person listening to this who hasn't murdered anybody? I think all of us are mindful of... Satan speaking to us, tempting us, deceiving well, us. And that's what hacks me off because I think as believers, we give way yes. too much radio time exactly. to Satan. Yes. And we don't give that to God. So we're mindful of an enemy who deceives and lies and kind of speaks to us. Yeah. We've got to be mindful of a God who has a voice that's louder so and bigger louder, and trumps so much more the powerful. voice of the enemy. And so yes. we've got to believe that and know that's our God. So let's do this. We're, we're going to cover a lot more next week on practical, what it looks like. Um, I do want to just we'll talk about this a lot more depth next time, but I do want to say this, be perfectly clear. God's word is a perfect explanation and revelation of who God is, how he works, how he wants the world to work, how we relate to him. So God's voice will always line up with his word. That's what I was going to say. If you're only going to listen to this podcast and you're not going to take the time to listen to part two, do not be, um, do not take our words and twist it or our, uh, what we have taught today and twist it. If what God has said to you is not in direct alignment with his word, it is not God. Exactly. So, and it's either the enemy or yourself making up stuff. Yep. You're exactly right, Jen. So again, this makes you clear on that. Look on, Listen to next week's podcast for a lot more detail on that. But let's be very practical then. So this is, again, it's a family-related podcast. It's a faith podcast. We want to give some clear direction or some advice or some counsel or maybe some examples of what it looks like. So I'm a mom or I'm a dad or I'm a husband or a wife. And, and I want to be more effective. I want God to join me as I do my family life, which is really the point of what we're describing this for and why we're dealing with this issue. What does it look like for God to show up and speak to you about something? And maybe let's just give some examples of that in our own lives or lives of people we know. And and I'll give you a broad example. It's not a situation, but it's it's how I see things. I I I I want to love my wife well. Jen, I want to love you well. I want to know how to meet your needs. And, and some days I get it right, sometimes I don't. But but when I take time and I'm really open to say, God, show me what Jennifer really needs right now. If you're having a struggle or you're needing something for me and I'm, I can't put my finger on it. I, I oftentimes joke, I wish you had gauges on your forehead like the dashboard yeah. of my car that you're low on fuel and you're low on, you know, you're overheating or whatever. I wish that was as simple as that, but there's not. So it's left to me to figure out. But here's the great news that you don't have those gauges on your forehead, but what you do have is, or what I do have is a God 
who wants to show me what the needs of your heart are and how to love you. And in a tender moment when we're fighting, whatever, how to diffuse things or reach your heart. And, and I don't always do it well. You know, that's a true one, but I believe God wants to show me how to do it well and mm-hmm. help me to do it well as both of us are yielded to him. And so God wants to speak to me and say, you know, Jennifer, she needs some space or she needs a hug or she needs you to speak kind words to her right now. Or it's not about this, the problem that you're talking about right now. The real problem is that. So let's explore that. God wants to show me those things. And he does at times. He leads me in those things. If I just take time to seek him and listen. Mm-hmm. Because you and I are always looking at what's in front of us, maybe something where you're having a misunderstanding about or whatever, but God sees so much deeper. Yeah. And the way that Tina would always teach it is it's like a diver going to the very depths of the bottom and coming up to the top of the water with a pearl in hand. Yeah. <laughs> and it's always like a piece of wisdom that I would have never, ever thought about on my own. Because and the surface then level I know stuff, it's God. We live in the surface level stuff. I'm so we see, surface, yeah. And I'm so seeing deeper. only what's at the end of my nose and God his Holy Spirit and his voice is like going down to the depths of the ocean and again bringing up a pearl of wisdom to me that I would have never had on my own can you look back and think about the first time you heard God speak to you that was maybe the first time God you're like this is God trying to tell me something that it wasn't just Jiminy Cricket my conscience right that's what I always say I mean I really thought that it was Jiminy Cricket or it was my parents you know but then I learned it was the Holy Spirit um just the time where I struggled with food and food was very much a reward for me and I would hide candy from my kids because you know how the kids can sniff any kind of sugar out in the whole entire house and so I would have a hiding place from the kids and I would you know eat candy to reward myself for doing something or I don't know, just dumb, dumb reasons. But I cannot tell you every time I reached for this little jar that was in my kitchen, I would hear the words inside my mind, what you really want is me. And I mean, like for five times, I was like, that's just dumb. I don't know why I'm thinking that because I literally didn't know to listen for it and look for it. But I'm telling you, it's probably I'm very dense. And it was about 10 times where I'm like, this is nuts. Why every time I go for this candy to eat the wrong thing, I hear what you really want is me. And that is about the same time that we were attending church with my mentor, who we keep speaking of her writing. And it's when I sat through this teaching that I realized that's God telling me I don't need food, I need him. And I loved having my mentor and my friend tell me I wasn't crazy, because I kind of thought I'm cuckoo. And like, why do I keep having that thought? But then you learn when you're first learning that this is God's voice. Is that of God's word for him to tell me that what I really need is him? That, that probably fits with God. That fits God. Because yeah. <laughs> he says food food can't fill it. Yeah. People can't fill it. There is nothing that can fill what God does and who he is in our lives. I mean, we can't nothing. And we try so many things. But God is God is God. Can, can I ask a question? I am. Let me ask you a question about that. When when you, as you look back on that time 20 years ago, whenever that was, do you reflect on that with memories? Or do you remember that that season and think, were you aware of God's love for you in that moment? That, that, that God loves you enough to, to coach you and guide you lovingly, like a shepherd, guiding you back to where you needed to be in a better way. Did he feel close to you as opposed to the faraway God that we many times think? Yeah, and and that's the really wild thing about God, too, is I always feel like I'm going to upset him or do it wrong. And in following him and either missing what he said to me or disobeying what he said to me, he is never 
ugly to me. Like he's ne- he's so sweet, even when I disobey him. Um, so I think I walked in fear of him, yeah. sort of like over in the corner cowering, like, oh my gosh, am I going to get this right? Yeah. And do I even want to try? This is too hard. Yeah. But then when you realize he wants to have that kind of relationship with you, you just feel so free. Yeah. Because I know if I do something wrong, then I will not sleep. And he will yeah. wake me up and tell me how to rectify it with mm. my children, with a friendship, with yeah. a relationship. I mean, he he's so intimate. And that's where critical for you, how you see God defines a lot of this. God's not a mean God who wants to get you in trouble or no. whack. He wants and, to and, love you. He's crazy about you, just even, as you are. You know what people ask me all the time, Jennifer? You're so sick right now. I am in terrible pain because I think where I had my fusion in my back, the next one your, up your is starting to bother me. Yeah. Um, and my back is just killing me. And people say, you know, how can you still love God when you yeah. have pain? And I'm like, because He is with me in my pain. He directs me to the right doctors. He He just does everything for me. I feel like He goes. He definitely goes in front of me and behind me and he just hems me in and he takes care of me. God does have a voice and he wants to speak to you and we're going to unpack this a whole lot more uh, next week. So again, stick around or download next week's podcast because there's a lot of questions people have about what does it look like and how do I do it and how do I know this God or if it's just my own mind and things like that. And so we're going to unpack that a whole lot more. So don't stop here. Uh, Pause and contemplate. Know that it's in God's heart to speak to you. He wants to lead you. Um, he will draw near to you if you draw near to him, but make sure on his terms. So we'll definitely put a link on our podcast page about that, uh, the three circles presentation, know how to go- come to God on his terms. But then also we want to make a resource available to you. So here's our featured resource to kind of encourage you in this. So I just spoke to Tina Goble, Jen. We just were texting as we were recording this, actually, uh, back and forth. And uh, Tina wants to make her I Can Only Imagine study, which is a lot of the fundamental principles we've been talking about here, available to folks. And so we're going to sell it, Jen, on our website. So if, if you want that study, it's kind of a Bible study book that you read and look up scriptures and fill in some blanks. It's a great little thing to work through. And we just love it to death. You can go to infoforfamilies.com slash resources. Our store page, there's a link on top of infoforfamilies.com. And on there will be a place you can order. I can only imagine. And we'll make Super. sure it gets to you I'm very, so very soon in the coming days. And I would love that if you are in Atlanta in my area and would like to get together and talk about the study once you've completed it or maybe halfway through, I would love to do that. Yep. So let me know. Very, very good. Outstanding. Great tool there. Well, let's uh, deal with our question of the week related to this topic. So here's the question we get a lot of events when we talk about this and teach this. And so I, I thought I'd pull this question up from an event we did previously. The question was this, someone, a woman asked this, I, I used to be in a charismatic church where I heard of a lot of language like, quote, God gave me a word of knowledge for you. Um, and so when we, I, when people talk about God's voice, hearing God's voice, my mind kind of goes there and it kind of freaks me out. And so mm-hmm. what does that have to do with what we're talking about today? And mm-hmm. so I think my biggest response to that is that the, when we talk about God having a voice, it's primarily in the scripture, it's primarily talking to you about you. Mm-hmm. It's It's not about 
prophecy in the word that you have. Prophecy is a spiritual gift that right. God's given to people. And but admit, not everyone is That's possible, and most people are not. And our temptation is to think, I want to be a prophet because yeah. God's... I was in a sermon. This is a great word for you. And today. I want to God's, tell you how to do it. Exactly. That can be very, very dangerous yes. and very, very risky. And very, so, very. And, and ruin relationships and just really, I feel like I have a fear and revere and... and Oh, I can't even put into words what you I feel get it right. for my God. Yes. I would never want to misspeak on his behalf. Yes. I mean, and when you're, seriously, and, and, and when it you're scares out, me to death. When you're working out with God and yourself and stuff, you can massage, you can talk about it, you can dialogue, you can right. kind of make it clear. And, and like I said, I could be wrong and he can but correct me. But the minute me. you drop that bomb on somebody else, God told Gosh, me to tell you this, that I gets just, really... I mean, put the hula hoop around you, let it fall to your feet, and let God speak to the person within the hula That's hoop. Right. Nobody else. And that's critical. You know, even that point, Scripture says if, if your prophet is wrong, yeah, and we've seen that some, Jen. It's 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 scary yeah. stuff. We've seen folks say uh, someone is sick. And they're hey, going to be healed. God's told me you're, he's going to heal your father. Yeah. And then six months later, the father dies. Right. And they kind of backpedal. Scripture very clear. If a prophet's wrong, we should stone them. Now, again, I'm not advocating stoning someone who <laughs> right. does that. But we can't but be careless. But that's how much respect we have to have. Yes. And just knowing we are accountable to God. Yeah. This isn't a game. Yeah. And this isn't a way that you are a passive-aggressive person. That's a great... I think people, some people who are oh my spiritually gosh. abusive use this. I see it so this. much with our newlyweds and their parents or in-laws or whoever. I mean... The parents just like God like, told me. Yeah. Their kids getting married and they, they have the whole thing thing in their head of how they want everything to go and so god's telling them all these amazing things yeah. well the bride and groom aren't hearing it yeah i mean we we, we really do go through this a lot in life and yeah. it scares me again because i don't want to do anything that um messes up jesus christ in the sight of other people because of something stupid that comes out of my mouth they, i mean that scares fleshy, me to death this is what i want and i don't want field. to manipulate people or manipulate god and, you, and, and use god to yeah. do that 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 just scares me so to death. so to so that question the key answer is we're talking about your relationship with god the relationship you have with him the voice he speaks to you about your life um, and again, he can give you insights into how you relate to people, but we're not talking about, here's what God told me to tell you about what you're supposed to do. That's completely different. So, right. uh, don't, don't get in that headspace that you can listen to other folks who are smarter than us about some of those things. And, and, and if you have felt that way, you have been wronged somehow, please accept my apology on behalf of the church for not, um, handling things right because right. I know we've seen that lots of times and it turns people off but remember God isn't a God of religion or church he is a relational yeah. God it's just between you and him like run back to him and say forget those people who have done it wrong and, and I forgive them you need to forgive them and you need to turn back to God don't use that as a barrier or block to yeah keep you away from what God wants to have with you. Because people will let us down every time. Yes, but but yes, God is yes. good. God is faithful. Well, that's about what we have for today. I want to remind you of a couple things as we close out today. Uh, go to our website and look at our store page for that book by Tina Goble, uh, the I Can Only Imagine study, which is phenomenal. But I'll tell you this, that every resource, every book on our website right now is on sale for the month of July. We marked everything drastically down. And so uh, you can get a great deal on those things you want to get right now. It's a sale, a summer sale. Oh, that sounds pretty exciting. And you can also go on there and find out more about our marriage getaway. We keep on talking about the great marriage getaway and baby, the housing 
is uh, there's there's good rooms and there there's great rooms at, at Ridgecrest. There's good rooms at Ridgecrest. <laughs> yeah. You want the great rooms? That means you got to sign up now yes. for our great marriage getaway in October. Go to the website. Yep, it's right around the corner. And check it out as well. It's gonna be a great, amazing, fun time for your marriage. We'd love for you to join us for that. And please, please, please think about how important your marriage is, and you going away and your kids seeing you do that is so much more important than you making their ball game. That's so true. Or going off to a marriage retreat with your spouse in front of your children and not going to the uh, Texas A&M game or the UGA game. Can you imagine what that speaks to your kids? Because one day they're going to get married. Mine have, and they're watching me. Do I think it's more important to do football games and make my kids games? Or is it more important to say, look, you've got a ride with Joe and you're going to spend the weekend with Joe and his family. Your mom and I are going on a marriage retreat. It's a great message to give your kids. You've got to remember that they're watching us and you have to remember that they're going to do what you do. Well, babe, we didn't give folks a, uh, a list of seven things to give them an awesome family life, but we gave them some uh, a good principle for how to walk with God and hear God's voice. And so our encouragement as we close today is that you would know that God is crazy in love with you, that he's with you in this journey. The challenges you're facing in your home and your marriage and your, with your kids, we've got a, a long list of those things that we're dealing with right now in our home. You are too. God is cares about those yes. things. He has insights. He wants to lead you and guide you in what to do. And so believe that he's there. Start looking to him and be quiet long enough to listen to what he wants to tell you to do. And I promise his still small voice will visit you and guide you. That's all we got for today. Uh, thanks for listening to the Imperfect Normal Families Only podcast. Again, I'm Barrett. And I'm Jen. We appreciate you guys. Bye. Right. Love you guys. Talk to you soon.